You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome back into the latest Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Brian Hickey and George Bremer here with you, the second off-season pod of the year so far. And we got a lot to talk about here, George. We broke down a lot, if you missed it, in our earlier pod that was released on Tuesday. We broke down a lot of Chris Ballard and Jeff Saturday's end-of-the-year press conferences, what we liked, what we didn't like, kind of try to glimmer any sort of hints and details about what the future uh, of this off-season could look like. And so now it's kind of... Put a really a bow on 2022. Now we start to look ahead to 2023. Obviously, that's starting the head coach. The Colts have requested and now started scheduling interviews to break down some of the candidates they will be interviewing. Either already have done by the time we're doing this podcast on Thursday or are scheduled to interview over the next couple of days. We also, now that the, at least Black Monday is coming down, we have five jobs that are open currently. Maybe a few more open as well. So we'll discuss where the Colts rank in terms of attractiveness of at least the current five jobs that are open and how Wild Card Weekend, folks, if you weren't planning on watching as a Colts fan, I think you should because the head coaching um, decision could be impacted by what happens and what we see this weekend. And also, too, George starting to hear some news about the candidacy of Jeff Saturday. We'll discuss if it's good or bad as well. So as you can tell, a very loaded pod. George, I'm excited, but rumor season, I think, is, is officially started here underway uh, in the NFL, especially now in the Blue Horseshoe pod. Yeah, unfortunately, lying season too, right? I mean, that's, that's what happens true. now. Uh, you got you to gotta take everything you hear from here on out with a grain of salt because everybody's trying to, to serve their own agenda and trying to hide what they really want to do. And uh, it's a tough time of year in the NFL for everybody, I think. That is for sure. The good news is, at least as we start this pod, there's not a lot of lying. It's hard to lie when at least we're talking about head coaching candidates and who you're going to interview. So at least there, we could start with some truth and we could start with some concrete facts. Because now you're starting to see reporting dribble out. You start to see now interviews being scheduled. And at least as we record this podcast, midway through Thursday, Colts have already completed one head coach interview in-house. is with Bubba Ventrone, who's been there for the last five years. Obviously, as you know, is their special teams coordinator. Today, Thursday, they are scheduled to uh, interview Broncos defense coordinator. I hope I got this right, George. So please correct me if I'm wrong. A hero Avero? You're as close as me. That's a tough one. I'm going to have to learn this one, too. So... I just learned that he was born in England. That's my fun fact for for a very really. I did not yep. know that. Okay. Grew up in California, but he was born in England. So if he grew up a soccer fan, he could be the reverse Ted Lasso. That'd be exactly. interesting. You okay. Know, hey, I don't know how long he was in England. He was raised in California, so I don't know if he was there long enough uh, to get soccer into his blood or not. But you know, things you learn when you're researching these head coaching candidates. And look, I mean, Ted Lasso had a lot of success in the show. So maybe, you know, the okay. reverse could happen here. Forget it's a TV show. We're just going to say that that's, that's reality. So now you're bringing the opposite. It should work as well. So he will interview the Broncos. French coordinator will interview on Thursday. Friday, the Colts have scheduled Ben Johnson, 
offense coordinator for the Lions, Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator uh, for the Rams. Both of those gentlemen scheduled to interview on Friday. Saturday, you have Shane Sykin, Eagles offense coordinator, and two other interviews that are currently listed that I have not seen scheduled but requested. Aaron Glenn, defense coordinator of the Lions. So both offensive and defensive coordinators for Detroit are on the Colts list. And obviously Jeff Saturday as well. We know we'll be interviewing when that's a question that I've not seen, but he will obviously be on the list. So a few names so far, George. Um, we have not seen any at least links with Jim Harbaugh officially. We've not seen any links with any other college head coaches. I know Jim uh, Jim Irsay has mentioned that, you know, he's going to go outside of the box and talk about some names we haven't really heard of. So far, a lot of names rumored for the Colts have been names that we have all heard of and all names that have, you know, figured to be on the head coaching um, uh, carousel or the circuit, if you will, interview circuit. So out of those names, at least out of the official candidates so far for the Colts, any one or two names jump out to you and say, oh, that'd be a home run hire. That's absolutely a guy the Colts got to get if it does come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I want to say a couple things. I think that the list is is going to continue to grow. I mean, I think it's noteworthy that they haven't requested anybody who's playing this weekend, and I think that's going to change. You know, whether it's Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore, somebody playing this weekend is going to be added to this list. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see about the college guys. One thing about that is they don't have to request interviews for them, so we really won't find out about that unless one side or the other wants to leak it, you know, an agent or somebody with the team wants to say it's happening, uh, they don't have to file any paperwork with the league to say, you know, hey, we want to interview Matt Campbell, for instance, you know, at Iowa State. It's just something that that gets done. Um, and I know those college guys will want to keep that as quiet as they can, unless apparently you're Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and then right, just, he's not shy about it all out there. The Broncos, all the he's time. talking to the Panthers. He's, he's the one yeah. who right? just, hey, here's my schedule. <laughs> Everybody else, I think, tight. Generally, you don't want that game now. It doesn't help your recruiting. Um, but, you know, from, from the list that is there right now, one thing I think is really important, we, we talked about for weeks, we're going to find out quickly how much damage was done because we're going to see a, a candidate list. And it's a legit candidate list. Like you said, it's guys that you would expect to be there uh, that, that showed up. So uh, if there was any damage, it doesn't seem to have been significant. I think the two most noteworthy in that regard Raheem Morris is exactly the kind of candidate who could say no uh who has plenty of options he's been a head coach before he's got plenty of credibility that he could have just walked away from this if he felt like the situation was, was too damaging in, in his eyes and then Shane Sykin who obviously has you know the ability to call Frank Reich and talk to not just Nick Sirianni but Jonathan Gannon the defense coordinator in Philly was here uh, I think there are a couple other coaches on that staff that were here as well uh, so, you know, I think he also would have been a guy that easily could have said no uh, if they felt like the situation was too chaotic. So that's a good sign early on. I think um, we'll see how things go with the interviews. I think Sean Payton has already kind of hinted that stability of ownership is the most important thing for him. And I would bet every coaching candidate that's high on their list, whether it's one, two or three, uh, nobody wants to go somewhere where they feel like they're going to be undercut by the front office. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how those play out. I'm sure we'll start hearing some leaks about if anybody backs out. I'm sure we'll start hearing leaks about that and why. Uh, that'll be the next kind of chapter of this story. But I think so far, so good on that front. Um, the guys, I think, that kind of stand out amongst this early list. Evero is is up there. I, I have not had any personal contact with him. Obviously, he's not coached anywhere uh, in my circle. But I hear that when you talk to him, uh, in these kind of football settings, like the one he's going to be in for the interview on Thursday, 
he's very impressive. I mean, the, the people that have been around him in that, he's a hugely knowledgeable guy, has a real clear vision for what he wants to do, a really good plan. I think I think they were 14th in scoring. Um, I always think that's kind of a tough one to gauge defenses by, though, because it's not always in their power. I mean, if the offense turns it over uh, and and gives you a short field, you give up points and you you did very little, you know, to cause that. They were seventh in yards, which is a little bit more in their power. And I think that's an interesting number for him, given uh, the struggles that that Denver team had. You saw how this defense kind of broke down late in the season. Uh, I think mental fatigue was a big part of it because the offense just did not hold up its, its end of the bargain. That didn't happen in Denver. So I think their coordinator deserves some credit for that. He's high on my list. And the other one that's interesting is Ben Johnson. He's only 36 years old uh, and he's first year coordinator. But I think what he did with Jared Goff got the attention of the entire NFL. Uh, and you look at that Lions offense and the numbers they put up, the reason they were in position to make a late run and get themselves into playoff contention was that offense. They carried them through the early part of the year and made it so that even though things were bad, they weren't totally off the, the map. Um, so I think those two guys, for me, are, are the standouts right away. And then Morris, uh, because I think his if you look at his coaching record, it's not great. But he was very young when he took over in Tampa Bay. And people say, you know, he's learned a lot. He's a different guy. I think he has an ability to connect with players on a really deep level. Uh, that could be really important as you're trying to, to rebuild some trust in this locker room. The two guys I like to piggyback on one is absolutely Ben Johnson. Like I said, even just if you haven't watched any of the Lions at all and all you did was watch a Sunday night game against the Packers in Week 18 a few days ago, you see just the creativity in offense. Like even in a game where – Jared Goff was struggling, even in the game where, like you said, late, like Jared Goff couldn't make some throws. It was still designing plays that made easier throws for Jared Goff, rolling them out, you know, setting it up where even some of the deep balls he throws, they were the guys are open. And it's not like he's – look, Amon Ross St. Brown is, is an up-and-coming good receiver, but it's not like they're working with superstars all throughout the line. Like, they have a good offense, and this is an offense that was top five in yards, top five in points. But, again, it's with a guy in Jared Goff who was – we went to a Super Bowl, obviously, with L.A., but also kind of coming off that, you know, had a little stench on him when Sean McVay traded him and still able to turn around to a top five, you know, have uh, lead, have Jared Goff lead a top five offense. Again, DeAndre Swift was, I would maybe say, arguably their best player on offense, and he's been out for a lot of the season. So he's able to make do with injuries, make do with a guy in Jared Goff who's, again, not Patrick Mahomes, not Josh Allen, where it's kind of easy to prop those guys up or easy to call plays when you have a superstar at the position. So you're right, I like him a lot for what he's done in Detroit in his one year there and the creativity he brought to the offense, which, I mean, look, look at the Colts offense this year. Creativity is not a word you could use to describe how they play this year. So I think that would be a nice, you know, little turnaround, especially offensively, especially when you're going to work, assume, you know, assuming you're going to work with a young uh, rookie quarterback. Also, another guy I like, a kind of similar mold to Shane Sykin. And I think you brought up a great point to start here, George, is we talked about it for really last month. What is the head coaching pool going to look like? Like, how is Jim Irsay's decision to go with Jeff Saturday and have a blow up in his face? How is that going to impact prospective head coaches and how they view this job? And like I said, it's one thing to just take an interview right now. They go through the interview process, see, you know, kind of not only are the Colts interviewing these candidates, these candidates are interviewing the Colts. So we'll see also, too, you know, coming out of these first interviews, if there's a second interview, if there's still interest in guys like Shane Steichen and still interest in guys like Raheem Morris, who, like I said, have been around a guy like his, you know, and his stature has been around the league a long time and has been a head coach. He knows what unstable organizations look like and if he identifies out with the Colts. So we'll get a lot in this next week of how the Colts are viewed by, by coaches around the league. But at least it is a good sign they are taking the interview to start. There's interest. 
that's guy in Shane Secondary. Again, when you look at Philly, you have a guy on Jalen Hurts who's a different quarterback who's, you know, let's say more of the Lamar Jackson mold where his legs are almost as vital as his arm. And that Philly offense, again, when he was in there and Jalen Hurts was healthy and playing well, one of the best offenses in the NFL. And Shane Sutton, along with Nick Sheehan, is a big reason why you kind of saw that creative offense work. So I think creativity is huge for this Colts uh, offense going forward. And those two guys at least stand out when it comes to offensive creativity. I think that I like about Avera, though, when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, is you look at the Colts and the Broncos, even though he's only been a defense coordinator for one year, so you can say the, the experience is not really there. Also, too, you can say the experience is perfect because Denver, what they went through, was very similar to what the Colts went through this year, where you mentioned, you know, 13th in scoring uh, offense, or excuse me, 13th in scoring defense Denver was this year, and 7th in total yards. But it's also, you could have had a mutiny on your hands with the way Russell Wilson has played and with how some of the defensive guys kind of viewed him uh, this year where he was supposed to be the savior and said he was the reason why they lose a lot of games. It's easy to lose the defense. It's easy to lose the locker room. And not saying that there was a mutiny on their hands with the Colts this year, but it was the same thing where Matt Ryan was brought in, although obviously lesser expectations, but still brought in to get this offense going. And when you look at the Colts, you know, one of the league's worst in, in uh, points per game, and constantly putting it on the defensive shoulder, especially with turnovers, it's good that at least Avero has that experience of being with a team that experienced the same sort of futility on offense, but still, for the most part, defensively, he's still able to get his guys bought in and playing hard. So that's an area where I think is really kind of benefits Avero because the Colts and the Broncos, I thought, were very similar this year in a lot of ways, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, they had really, really similar seasons and a lot <laughs> yeah. of the same problems and uh, a lot of the same issues moving forward. I do think one thing with Johnson connecting with something that that Chris Ballard said during his presser, you know, when I asked him about building a structure around a young quarterback and how important that's going to be as he looks for a head coach, he kind of went a different direction with the answer. And he said, you know, he wanted guys who could win with above average to average quarterback play. That, that you weren't just relying on a superstar quarterback. And I think Johnson is the one guy in this early group of candidates who has shown that without a doubt, you know, he's done it. Um, Jared Goff has, has been average to above average this year. You know, no one's talking about him as elite, you know, at the top of the level with Sykin hurts is in that conversation. You know, he's a different kind of quarterback, but he's in that conversation. I think he's seen as a superstar quarterback. Um, not that that hurts his candidacy. I just think it's something that with Johnson, I think it's just something that connects there. Um, you know, if Jim Harbaugh gets into this, this mix at some point, he kind of fits that mold too. It's hard to say with the defensive guys. I think they're going to have to prove it with, with their playing when they come in. Um, but with the offensive guys, you've got that track record. And I just think Johnson's a guy who now has that on his resume. Two things before we wrap up here, George. What about Bubba, Bubba Ventrone's candidacy? Right, is he right now outside of Jeff Saturday the only in-house candidate that's going to get a look as a true head coach? He's been on the staff for five years. He's with Bill Belichick before that. That was the guy that you even see some Colts players say that they assume like if they're going to go in-house, he was kind of the guy that's going to get the look. Is he like how would you assess his candidacy here for the Colts moving forward? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Yeah, I'm interested to see. He absolutely should have been the interim coach. I don't think there's any doubt about that. That that was the move to make. Uh, the locker room loves him. I mean, I don't know any of those players that, that don't swear by him. Zaire Franklin in particular is a huge fan of him. You see the way Franklin's career took off this year. Um, I think he's a guy who would immediately have credibility with that locker room and would immediately have credibility um, with the league. You know, he, I think he's a guy he, – he's not right now in a bunch of other – uh, coaching circles, you know, he's not been requested by anybody else at, at this point, but he's a guy that is viewed widely as as a future head coach. You know that there's only a few special teams coaches who kind of end up on that list. Bubba's name is right at the top of the, of those names, um, and I think he with him it's the same as it would be with Jeff Saturday and and all these guys. Honestly, what kind of staff can he put together? You know what what is his plan? Who's his offense coordinator? Who's his defense coordinator? Who's going to take over special teams for him? But I think always with the special teams guys, one of the benefits is they've worked with everyone on the roster. So they've already kind of done that head coach role in terms of, you know, you always hear about invariably, if you hire a defensive coach within the first couple of weeks on the job, he'll talk about having to remember to go over to the offensive side and being in offensive meetings and that being new for him and vice versa. The defensive offensive coaches will say the same thing about the defense. You don't hear that with the special teams. They, they've always been in all the meetings. They deal with all the, the guys on the players. So I think that's something that, that comes into play for him. Now, the obvious question is if he wasn't the choice for interim coach, why would he be the choice now for, for the full-time head coach? And you know, we have to see how that plays out. It wouldn't be the first time something completely contradictory happened around this franchise uh, connected to this season. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Like, it made sense when they, you know, it was announced that they were interviewing. So, okay, yeah, they should, but you're right. It's like, well, if they didn't really even consider him and you heard Jim Mercer say over and over and over again, it was basically Jeff Saturday or bust. Frank Reich would have still been the coach. Jeff Saturday said no. So, like you said, there was no consideration for whatever reason to anybody else coaching this team outside of Jeff Saturday. Maybe Jim Mercer just got in a, you know, got um, tunnel vision and only saw one guy, but so I think Van Tron seems like someone who looks at would interview very well. And like I said, he's beloved by his players. His special teams unit, you could argue, over the five years has been the most consistent unit for the Colts. We saw in 2021 that was one of the best, if not the best, unit in all the NFL, and even this year as well. Through Throughout the injuries they had to deal with as well, was still a very solid and very productive unit. Um, so Van Tron, like I said, has done a great job. The biggest question, you mentioned it, is going to be his staff. And that's the thing for Jeff Saturday, and that's really the same thing for any – Special teams guy so with John Harbaugh, one of the reasons why he's so successful in Baltimore is he's a great CEO, but also he is great at hiring people to run the offense, to run the defense. He seems pretty hands-off, but again, he trusts the guys he hires, but he hires great, you know, great candidates. And that's going to be the biggest question with Ventron is if you get the job, I don't think there's any doubt about his leadership. I don't think there's any doubt, like you mentioned, his ability to connect with players and have them buy in. The biggest question is going to be what who are you going to hire offensively, who are you going to hire defensively, what is kind of your vision going forward here? And that's always you know, the biggest question mark, because again, you'd assume if things go well, well, then your st- people are going to hire others off your staff and you have to constantly kind of, you know, always have some turnover. So I'd be interested, uh, interested to see kind of what his plan would be uh, if he was to get the job. Let me ask you this, kind of wrap it up here, listen in terms of, of uh, candidates for the Colts. Like you mentioned, they've requested no one that is playing a wild card week and you'd assume D'Amico Ryans would be a, a name on that list. Maybe someone from the Cowboys, Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore as well. You can't start um, head coaching interviews for uh, coaches that are playing this weekend until January 17th anyway. So it's not like the Colts are, are missing the ball by any stretch of the imagination. But I do wonder, is there a name, like 
if we just throw some curveballs, whether it's you mentioned before Matt Campbell, I don't think that was an accident when you kind of threw Matt Campbell's name out of Iowa State, who's been kind of a a dark, not a dark horse, but just a name, the other college name that you've heard outside of Jim Harbaugh. Like, is it, as, would you consider a guy like Cliff Kingsbury if you were Jim Mercer? Like, is there anyone that was either fired that is kind of out of the box that would kind of fit the Jim Mercer mold outside of, again, the names that we hear a lot of, like, you know, Tamika Ryans and some others that, again, haven't been officially requested for an interview, but you'd assume in the next few days would be. Is there anyone kind of out, out, outside the box? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but. Yeah, I, I don't know about anybody that would like shock anybody, but I do think, you know, what they're looking for, I think is pretty clear in terms of wanting that that disciplinarian, that, you know, guy who's going to come in with a lot of accountability. You, you keep hearing a lot of those same buzzwords, basically a, a, Matt, a Mike Vrabel type of candidate, somebody in that kind of mold, I think is, is what they want. Dan Campbell, that type of a head coach. Um, so I think if, if they find a defensive coach or, or an offense coach out there, that they feel like fits that mold. I think that's where you'll get that curveball. You know, it'll be somebody that they feel like, cause I think Dan Campbell, when, when uh, Chris Ballard interviewed him back in 2018 was out of the mold, he was outside the box and, and people were kind of surprised and it quickly came out that, Hey, no, this is a guy with a lot of uh, inside NFL circles. He's got a lot of credibility and you know, he's, he's a big players guy, big on accountability. He's, all the things he's done in Detroit, they were talking about back in 2018 when, when he was being interviewed here. So I do think Ballard's done that before. I think at the first time around, he kind of surprised everybody with Matt rule uh, who ended up obviously eventually getting the Panthers job. It didn't work, but again, showing that it was somebody that wasn't on the radar uh, outside the NFL, but obviously people inside the NFL were paying attention. I think four or five guys that he interviewed during that, those two searches ended up getting head coaching jobs. So um, I would imagine you're going to see it. It's hard to predict who it'll be, but with Dan Campbell and Matt Rule on the first time around, I think you're going to see something like that again this time. It seems inevitable. I feel like Matt Campbell's a name I keep coming back to that does fit some of the things you mm -hmm. mentioned where he's kind of more CEO kind of guy at Iowa State. He's, he is a, a disciplinary. That's what we see on the sidelines. He's a big yeller. He's someone who, you know, does kind of preach accountability. And Outside of Jim Harbaugh, I think, I think you mentioned before, too, it's like, you know, we kind of talked about this, like, you don't want your name kind of, unless you're Jim Harbaugh for whatever reason, I think it also just kind of shows he's ready to get out of Michigan. But most college coaches want to keep it under wraps because, again, if things don't go well, it hurts recruiting. If your name's out there for a job interview and makes him like, oh, he wants to leave, even you know, if you don't get the job, there's always thought of, oh, next year, two years, so he's going to leave and it's tough to recruit. So I think Matt Campbell's name is not going to be named over here a ton, if at all. I have a if it's not going to be Jim Harbaugh from college, I could definitely see Matt Campbell's name being prominent. I just, I guess the only thing is maybe prominent. That I feel like it would be one of those really things happen really quickly. Cause it's just, they're going to yeah. try to keep it under wraps as much as possible. If you start hearing his name, it's probably like he's getting the job. I mean, right. or it'll be like the Matt rule situation where it comes out after he's already interviewed and, and they've kind of moved on. And now you can kind of use it as, Oh, I, I didn't want the job. I just, you know, the NFL wants me and, and that, you know, sometimes the coaches can kind of use that, especially if you're at a smaller school like Iowa State to kind of help, you know, push things. And rule was at, I think, Baylor uh, when that happened. So if, if you're at a smaller school like that, you know, it, it can help a little bit. Like, look, I have NFL connections. You want to go to the league? You can come to Iowa State and I can get you there. Um, but you're not going to publicize it ahead of time. I guess one college name 
that I can't rule out. I haven't heard anything on it. I'm just trying to throw spitballs. Maybe Greg Schiano. Uh, he's been in the NFL wow. before and fit this mold. So, you know, and it, things aren't going great at Rutgers right now. You would think he'd be open to listening to something like that. I've heard no implication of that. Um, but it just, if, if you're looking for tough guys and, and, you know, disciplinarians, Shiano fits that mold. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I was, the only, the only thing I could say, George, I don't think he'd be a very good head coach. Again, we saw in Tampa, no. it was very short lived um, tenure there. The one thing you can guarantee with Greg Schiano is that anytime a team's taken in the, you know, the Colts, Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, firing off the line. They will, they will be playing to the, to the whistle. That is for sure. Now, whether, you know, they'll be on the field because most times the offense is taking a knee, that's uh, on the other team, that's probably going to be the way it is in victory formation. But doesn't help as well. No, no I'm not no. saying he'd be a good coach. I'm just saying if you're right. looking for somebody who fits, fits the criteria we think they're looking for, oh, you know, geez. there's a guy out there. Oh, boy. I don't think it's a Penn State bias in me, kind of just crapping on a Rutgers guy, but oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. That, no, that, I, that, the the tenure in Tampa Bay was abjectly awful. 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 I mean, there's no question about it. And it's not gone well in his return to Rutgers so far. I mean, there was a little bit of a bump early, but – uh, it's not like, you know, they're, they're on some kind of upward trajectory right now. So I don't think it would be a great candidate. I just think that's the kind of guy that, that they're looking for. And when you're looking out there at, you know, what these candidates will look like, there it is. I thought, and you know this, cause I put him on a list way back when, when Frank Reich was fired, I thought Luke fickle would be a guy that would get in the mix now, but I think him obviously taking the job at Wisconsin kind of removes him from that equation. He'll be an interesting one. You said it is kind of, the Mike Vrabel-esque coach that is kind of fits a similar mold um, from, from there. And I believe, I'm not mistaken, I believe they coach you guys. Mike Vrabel's at Ohio State. And I think it was when, I could be wrong, Luke Fickle was there for a little bit as well. So you could see kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you could see kind of the, the Vrabel tree, if you will, which that would have been, that would have been one I, I was, I'd be going for for sure. I Probably right now, if you had a power rank, you're like, I'd still probably put Jim Harbaugh one in terms of college candidates. I think Luke Fickle would be kind of right up there, one A or two. Over, you know, a guy like Matt Campbell, definitely over a guy like Greg Shiano, which again, none of these guys are, are rumored. Just we're just kind of throwing out there and trying to put, mm-hmm. you know, you like said use traits as to what they're looking for and kind of piece those together for out of the box guys we haven't heard. But at least for right now, is recording this on Thursday. Colts have seven candidates they are either in the process of interviewing, have interviewed, or will interview Bubba Ventrone, a hero of Arrow, the Broncos fence coordinator, Ben Johnson, Lions offense coordinator, he Morris, the Rams DC. Eagles OC Shane Sykin, Aaron Glenn, the Lions defense coordinator, and of course, Jeff Saturday. So keep you updated as, as that list continues, like we said, to probably grow over the next days and weeks for sure. Um, and like I said, it doesn't seem like the Colts are in any rush. You had Chris Ballard the other day say they'll go to mid-February if they got to find the right guy. So the Colts will definitely, George, I think you, uh, we could say be do, uh, do their due diligence. And also, too, Chris Ballard so far is saying he'll interview anyone from any background so far. You see special teams with Bubba Drone, check. Defensive coordinators, check. Offense coordinators, check. So, also, Chris Ballard is kind of, so far, practicing what he's been preaching in terms of being open and kind of seeing all the different candidates, all the different sides of the ball, uh, interviewing as well. So, when we're turning in the Blue Horseshoe pod, a lot of these guys we just talked about, George, have other interviews. Right? This is not just the only team they're looking for. It's not Colts or Bust. They are in demand. Where do the Colts rank right now in the five job openings and why a wild card weekend could be actually a bad thing for the Colts? We'll discuss that in the Blue Horse Pod returns. <laughs> 